Mark Patishnak is the director of MSU's Counseling and Psychiatric Services, and he joins me on MSU today. Mark, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. So first tell us, what is CAPS? Who, who's it for? What's the mission? Yeah, so if someone Googles MSU CAPS, they might see a, an advertisement or a shop to buy baseball cap, but actually it's, uh, it's what we're commonly known as uh, Counseling and Psychiatric Services. It's the primary mental health uh, service for all MSU students. So we are charged with figuring out how to be accessible and providing quality care to all 50,000 plus enrolled students. And so we we have a, a bevy of uh, resources. We're actually, um, for students um, and faculty who've been here for a while, we're actually the result of two combined departments. So the counseling center and then the psychiatric clinic uh, previously existed independently. And in 2016, they were combined into CAPS uh, to really create one department that serves student mental health. We had some more resources at that time. And then about two years, I came as the inaugural director to provide those services. You and your team have put together a, a nice, uh, I guess, list of suggestions we wanted to go over. You call it the Summer Care Kit. First in general, tell us what the kit is and how it came about. Sure. So, you know, it really was um, in response to folks reaching out and asking for um, help in a variety of ways. And I think we've just seen all, everybody kind of struggle with trying to figure out how to manage. And, and quite frankly, it, it, it really, I think the first things we saw was within our staff. Um, you know, in, in early March, we just transitioned everybody home due to safety. I think on March 17th, we said, okay, all of our staff are going to go home. We're going to work remote. And we didn't really have that much of a plan. <laughs> so in quick order, within days, uh, we really transitioned all our services virtually. And in that process, our staff had a lot of needs. Um, our staff was struggling with some of these transitions. And we, we saw the same thing with our families at, at our homes and, and the students we're serving. So this summer care kit is really five identified areas that we are finding to be fairly universal right now that all people could be benefiting from taking a look at, refocusing their energy. And, and we kind of chose these five areas as a way to kind of create kind of bite-sized snippets to, to focus as opposed to just kind of a, a large document that would just kind of feel overwhelming. So we broke it down to these five basic areas. And Mark, let's sort of touch on some of the suggestions in each of the topics. The first one is the basics. Tell us about the basics. Yeah, so in some ways you might look at this and say, duh, you know, that's not rocket science. But I'll tell you what, when when things go awry and we're stressed, usually the first things that go out the window are, is our sleep, our exercise, and and our nutrition. We we tend not to think about those things, and oftentimes we'll get dehydrated, um, or we'll be malnourished, or we just won't be as active as we've been. And those things will just have a pretty immediate impact in in all of our areas. And and so just just like when we're working with students who are coming in for you know uh, for depression or anxiety. Um, if you show me a student who generally has a good sleep hygiene, sleep routine, who's eating nutritiously every few hours and who's getting some activity throughout the day, I'm generally going to show you a student with less depression and anxiety than they otherwise would have. And so it's just a good reminder that there are just basics. If we see our body as a machine and we see the fuel that we need and the way we need to take care of ourselves to maintain our well-being, um, it's just a good reminder to that. And then the fourth part of that is really our daily structure. And I think in the past, we would have a, most of us would have a certain um, routine that we would go through most of that getting out of the house. And so with that changing, it's important to really think about setting our alarm at the similar time, creating structure and routines throughout the day um, to really feel like, you know, every hour just isn't kind of um, blurring into the next and that we have some structure, a beginning, a middle and end of the day. 
and we're setting in some times to take care of ourselves. And Mark, you also remind us it's important to maintain our connections to others, but also ourselves. Right. And so, you know, that's the one thing that I think, you know, we hear this social distancing, um, the six foot standard. Um, and it's almost, you know, we go to the grocery store, we go out and somebody gets too close to us. It's almost of like, you're invading my space. How, how dare you uh, potentially could be impacting me and my family if, if, if you're transmitting COVID. And so it's this really weird change that we're having to social interaction you know, I have a five-year-old at home and she wants to go up to a neighbor. And my initial reaction is no, no. When in the reality, we're kind of, we're as human beings, we're social and we're meant to connect. So, you know, the first thing is to really make sure that social distancing is not the same thing as social isolation. And so it's really important for us to figure out how we connect to, um, to others at this time. And there's a lot of virtual ways um, and, and really how to continue to, to maintain those. But with regard to connecting with ourselves, um, you know, it's really important to um, to really think about how we're doing and um, are we taking care of ourselves in those type of ways as well. And so when we're not feeling taken care of and we don't feel well, we don't have a lot to offer others and we really can't connect with others. So kind of that connecting with self, really taking a focus on self-care and, and making sure that we are doing well as individuals. It's really a good first step to making sure we can connect with other people and have something to offer them in that process. And Mark, the third uh, section in your summer care kit is coping skills. Talk about that. Yeah, so I, I think everybody has uh, various things that they do to help cope. And I, I think one of the things that are important to, to bring to mind is that there are certain things that we can do that can, can help us in the short term, um, but they're not necessarily healthy. <laughs> um, you know, there are things that we can do with substances or with food um, or even with managing situations that might be helpful in that brief moment, but they're not good longer-term strategies. So really man managing and making a difference between things that are good for us uh, in, a, in a more long-term way. You know, sometimes it is good to distract ourselves and to, um, you know, do things in between meetings. So, I, you know, for example, I'm working at home and I have Zoom meetings throughout the day. You know, we might have six to eight to 10 Zoom meetings. And, um, you know, in between those Zoom meetings, I might take five minutes and, and, you know, play soccer with my daughter or, um, or, or just find ways to, you know, take a shower, you know, if I have 10 minutes in between and, and just kind of take care of myself. And so it's really just important to think about, um, you know, chocolate is something I like too, but um, it makes it's important I have one piece and not 10 pieces. Um, and so I think that that's just part of it is what feels good for now versus what's a healthy thing for us. And Mark, what about dealing with the loss and, and some of the uncertainty we talked about before during these times? Yeah, Russ, I think, honestly, I think for a lot of people, this is the hardest one. I, I, I mean, I think you, most of us, uh, you know, maintain some sense of control over our own lives and a sense of autonomy. And at this time, we're being told that we can't go places, we, we can't do a lot of things, um, and, and we don't have control. And so this is, I think, the thing that's really impacting a lot of folks' mental health. And I would really encourage us during this time to... Um, really think about release uh, and acceptance and, and, and to really kind of um, kind of do a, a, a scan of ourselves and notice when we're getting frustrated or anxious. And often in those times, it's because we're trying to get something to happen or to get an outcome that isn't conducive to our current set of circumstances. And so in those moments, our options can be to fight it and to continue to try to have control or to simply just accept that we don't have control. And um, you know, and so one of the things we talk about is, is things that we cannot control are, are other people, how other people treat us, if there's toilet paper available, um, how other people are feeling, um, when we're allowed to come back to work, 
we have no control over that, but we can control how we treat each other, how we take care of ourselves, how we speak to each other, whether or not we wear masks, whether or not we wash our hands, um, whether or not we set different set of expectations for ourselves in terms of productivity. So um, I, I think accepting that can be um, really helpful for, in particular, um, survivors of trauma. This is a very difficult time because lack of control can be very triggering. Uh, for PTSD and other things as well. So, but overall, I think acceptance um, and acknowledging we have frustration and stress might be a good time to consider. Am I trying to control something I can't? And Mark, the fifth item in your summer care kit for our collective mental health is meaning and motivation. What are you saying there? Yeah, I think, so I think this is, um, it can be very challenging for folks to to, to kind of get stuck and, and to kind of feel like every day is blurring into the, the next and to really have a sense of purpose and meaning at this time. And we're just trying to get through and it's kind of the difference of thriving versus surviving. And so, you know, I believe in the passionate pursuit of short-term goals. Uh, I think it's important um, to try to figure out um, little things that we want to try to accomplish each day. And again, this focuses on what we can control. And so, um, oftentimes we're not, we're not, we're just not as productive as we were, or we're struggling to be as productive. And so I think really thinking about the expectations and goals that we're setting, and if we can accept them as valid, um, and we can work on them, we can do some things that make us feel like we're being successful in achieving things each day and doing that consisting in our motivation and the meaning. And also it's a good time to remind ourselves why we do what we do. I mean, even as a psychologist, myself, as a director, it's not not hard at all to get lost in that at times when so many things are coming at me. And so this is a good time to remind ourselves why we do what we do, or perhaps reconsider what we're doing and a time to reevaluate how we want to spend our time. Tell us a little bit about what Spartan Fit is and, and the word you use, SMART, SMART goals. Yeah, so Spartan Fit is actually one of the, the wellness programs within student health and wellness at large. It's uh, one of our, our, um, our partner departments. Um, and so they they do a lot of things with regard to physical fitness and activity, and, and they rely upon SMART goals, which I think is something that is used a lot in, in, in other um, industries and is throughout throughout the country is this idea that, you know, making goals SMART as an acronym, making goals specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and, and timely. And, and I think when you do that, you can feel a sense of accomplishment. You know, for example, my, my wife right now, she's becoming a yoga instructor and she was in the process of becoming, of going to classes. And so right now, this idea of becoming a yoga instructor is overwhelming to her because it just seems so big and so large and there's so much to learn. And so you know, I think this is a good reminder to her in this moment of, you know, let's just figure out what's something small, that's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely that you can accomplish now so that you can feel in control and that you are moving ahead um, and so it's really just a way to think about how we're setting goals and really expectations. And those things are associated with whether or not we feel good and we are, we get frustrated. And so I think it's just a way to kind of refocus realistic uh, expectations for ourselves and goals. When do you think some of these issues we've talked about require you to maybe see a professional? Right. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, we know that going to see a mental health professional is often not the first step that someone takes. Usually um, it's pretty common for folks who try to, to manage on their own. They might talk to family or friends first. So by the time that someone does consider going to a mental health professional on average, it's usually been anywhere from months to years to when someone has been struggling with an issue. And so one of the things that I encourage people to think about is not creating a high threshold to have to ask for help. Um, you know, mental health professionals are trained to understand um, people's concerns in the context of their own individual identities, their culture, and their experiences in, in the context of our overall circumstances. And so 
what that means is that um, you know whether the issue is big or it's actually fairly small, either way, um, I think getting help um, can be a valid response. Um, it doesn't. We don't have to wait until things get really bad. Uh, and, and as a result, there might be different recommendations that come out of that. So I would just I would just uh, have people have a low threshold to ask for help. I think we all all can use help from time to time. But I pretty much would say that anytime something is going on where you notice that um, you're not enjoying life as much, it's impacting your relationships, it's impacting your mood, it's impacting your behaviors, your activity level, your diet, your sleep, uh, your interest and motivation. And basically, if you're not living life the way that you want to be living it, and you don't feel like you're interacting with the world and with people in a way that's happy or satisfactory to you, that might mean that there's something getting in the way. And that's what trained mental health professionals can help you figure out and overcome. And Mark, just as we close, again, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. What in general would you like more of us to be more aware of? Well, I, I think um, I think just how normal uh, how normal it is to, to have a mental health concern. I think oftentimes in society, I think we're getting better in destigmatizing mental health, but I think we still exist at a time where it is compartmentalized in that someone either does have a mental health problem or they don't have a mental health problem. And it's seen as kind of black and white when that's just not the case. I think a lot of us see our physical health as fluid. I don't think any of us would say that we're 100% physically healthy. Um, you know, even myself, I have lower back pain from time to time. And I think if all of us were honest, we would say, yeah, there's something about us that's not 100% healthy, but it doesn't mean that we need to be at a doctor's office. It doesn't mean that we're not okay. But we tend to look at mental health and say, oh, that person has a mental health problem or they don't. And so I think what I would like people to know is that it's important to think about our mental health the same as with our physical health in that it is fluid. It's not black and white. Um, and therefore, we don't have to categorize ourselves as others as either having a problem or not. It's actually better to kind of see that we all have varying degrees of mental health and varying degrees of physical health. And at various times, it might be important to seek help to address those problems, just like we would for any physical issue. Mark well said, well, it's it's been nice to meet you virtually and to discuss these issues. It's the Summer Care Kit, and it comes from MSU's Counseling and Psychiatric Services. You can find a nice PDF of what we've talked about online at capscaps.msu.edu. And I've been talking with the Director of Counseling and Psychiatric Services, Mark Patishnak. Mark, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Rush. I appreciate it.